Hello there, learners, lovers, and continuous growers. You are in the right place. Um, <laughs> hello there, podcast host and mother, Barbara Bray. Oh my goodness. That's a new one. That's a new <laughs> intro. I love it. <laughs> Hi, Andrew. It's great to see you today. You too. I love it. It has been fun. It really has been. It's been exciting to, well, to nerd out about about the, these multitude of connections you make, like a big theme that's been rolling around in our conversations has been just building this family, this global community. And sometimes that phrase can feel a little bit artificial uh, when I when I hear it out in the wild. But with you, when I get to see you with people, it's that one-on-one spark that you bring out of people. It's, it's just so exciting to see. Well, I've been lucky and... You came with me to Kentucky, so you got to meet some of my buddies. It was really fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I'm very, very fortunate that, um, you know, I've met so many amazing people that when I get to know them even better on these podcasts, I'm blown away. They tell me things I didn't even know. It's just, it's amazing. Well, something about, something about you, you, you make it comfortable for people, for people to open up. And, and I'm sure the listeners here hear that, and I'm sure some of them are a little envious that uh, they don't get to steal you for an hour at a time themselves. Ah, uh, well, I'm getting a lot of requests. <laughs> so, but I, I, you know, I, I, I would love to be able to have more and more people on my, you know, show. It's just, um, and who knows. Who knows who's going to be on my show next? <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about this upcoming show. Well, Hal Roberts. Oh, my goodness. I've known Hal for some time. He's an author with the same publisher, Edumatch. His book is Make Waves. But when he started telling me some some of his stories, I said, oh, my gosh, you have to be on my show. you got to share your story. He's not only been an educator, a principal, a superintendent in Texas, He's opened a school for children of incarcerated persons. I mean, the, just that idea is something that is so needed. And so I can't wait for people to know about him and follow him. He's just wonderful. Well, I'm looking forward to the conversation. So everybody stay tuned to listen to Barbara Bray and Hal Roberts together. Now, I have been wanting to talk to this wonderful person for a long time, and we have time to meet again today and actually have a podcast together. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Hal. Hey, Barbara. I'm excited to be here finally after having a hard time finally working our schedules out. Oh, that was something. We kept saying, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. No, not that. Oh, no, we're going to do it. But it worked out. And I'm just so happy that you're here with me. I'm I'm thrilled and, and honored that you've chosen me to be a part of it. Oh, it's my honor. I'm going to share a little bit about you and boast about you. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah. I, <laughs> I fool a lot of people on the kind of person that I am. Oh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so have I. Isn't that funny how we do that? So here we go. All right. It's Hal Roberts. He's had an amazing journey as a teacher, 
principal, superintendent, and educational consultant. He focuses on leadership and the relationship with wine. Did I say that right? Wine. I think you did. Yeah. (laughs) We better talk about that one. Okay. (laughs) Hal is the author of Make Waves, and it's an amazing book, and we're going to talk about that also. And here's something that's so cool. Hal started Safe Harbor, a school for kids with incarcerated parents. That's that's just unbelievable. People need to know about this. On that note, welcome. Welcome here, Hal. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. And uh, let's let's talk about all those things. I'm, I'm an open book and uh, ready to get going. Oh, okay. Let's open the book. Let's start with <laughs> your background. Tell me a little bit more about, you know, just an overview of, of your life and where you grew up. Okay. Grew up in Dallas. I was the youngest of three. Uh, my whole uh, journey kind of started in athletics. I was fortunate enough to get a a college scholarship to to play football and went on to play a year in the NFL. And then after that, I started my coaching career where uh, I moved up the coaching ladder to be head coach and athletic director. And then after 20 years of that, I I got into administration where I started Mm -hmm. as a elementary principal and then went to high school principal and then assistant superintendent and then uh, superintendent, finally. So that was my education career of 38 years in public education. Oh, I was going to talk about that a little later, but that was pretty cool when you, <laughs> you got it in a nutshell. <laughs> so, you know, you grew up in Dallas. And grew up in do, Dallas, yeah. Where do you, do you live in Dallas now? We are just a little northeast of Dallas, about 30 miles uh, from from Dallas. And so... We're just far enough to get out of the big city, but close enough to be able to, to enjoy all the amenities that they have to offer. Oh, that's nice. And so you probably still have connections from your childhood. and Yeah, and, yeah. and it's interesting that you say that because there's right now there are 17 of us guys that we're in what we call our six-period athletic uh, group. And uh, we meet two or three times a year for lunch and just stay connected. And that's that's kind of unique for guys to to hang on those relationships for that long. Oh, that is really special. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I always think that if you have the, those relationships, they know you that they're like eyewitnesses to your history. You can't fool them. (laughs) You can't fool them. They go, I know what you're really like. (laughs) You know, we're Uh, having our 50 year reunion this year. So that tells uh, you how long we've, we've known each other and stayed connected. Oh, that's so special. Were yeah. they in football with you? All yeah. of them? Most, most of them were in football, but uh, yeah, a big majority in football. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. So what was it like for you to be a student? I mean, were you, uh, you know, always wanted to be a teacher or, you know? Didn't always want to be a teacher. I was just a BC student, matter of fact. Uh, I don't I don't know. I probably could apply myself a little bit better to, mm. to be AB, but uh I made it through. Uh, did okay in college, and uh, it's interesting. My wife, my wife and I have the same story that uh, we both started off as business majors, and huh. there was there was one class, and I didn't know this until we met uh, in the spring of my senior year. So we we were just sharing stories, and we both took the the same course called 
QMS 131, which is business calculus. <laughs> and neither one of us passed that and immediately changed direction from business to education. And so, Did you know her then? No, not at all. Oh, oh wow. And so she, she was an English teacher, speech later on. I uh, was able to start AVID in her school as AVID elective teacher. And now she's a consultant for them. And then Aww. she followed me along to my up, uh, climbing the ladder and coaching and then eventually into administration. That's so cool. I, I was looking at your website and saw the pictures of you and your wife. And you look so much in love after all this. <laughs> I mean, that's so nice, you know. 46 have- years. We're, we've done something right. Oh, congratulations. We tell, I tell people that uh, we were happily married for 44 years. It's actually 46, but two of those were not the best. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's don't talk about those. Yeah, that's right. That's what, <laughs> focus on the other 44. What's your wife's name? Susan. Susan. And you said that she's an avid consultant. Well, she, she was teaching, but then she retired and right. that. Is that what she did? She was at full. She was full time with them for a short time, uh, but mm. now she she's a consultant and travels all over. Just recently in Greenwich, Connecticut. Oh, nice! And then she's going to, uh, I think, Pagosa Springs in Colorado. Is that wow! Somewhere? Wow! Yeah, she's going there the September first. So, yeah, she's uh, she's fortunate to be able to travel and and be able to yeah. see all those neat places. Well, I just got back last night from somewhere, my first trip on a plane after COVID. How's she doing? I'm just curious. Is she's fine. Of, uh, yeah. She's she's had three trips, matter of fact, this summer so far. So Wow. Yeah. Well, that's good it's, because keep you want her to be safe and healthy. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, that sounds wonderful. And you have a big family. Uh, you mean my, my family? Your family. Uh, I have two. Two girls, two grown girls, mm-hmm. both of them married, and both of them uh, have have two kids apiece. And so that's why we're living here, is this mm-hmm. area, is because our grandkids live here. Uh, doesn't matter where the parents are, but our grandkids are here. Yeah. So that's- <laughs> Isn't it amazing? I'm a grandma, and I just tell you, it's the best thing in the world. Yeah. yeah. One daughter is an educator. She's... Uh, Having great success has been, she's been there her ninth year. Three of those years, she's been district teacher of the year. Oh, I wonder where she got that. Yeah, both of (laughs) us being educators, I wonder. (laughs) But uh, Um, yeah, she's a a great teacher. And then the other one is is vice president of a recruiting company that recruits uh, C-level employees, CEOs, CFOs, and COOs. And she's making more money than I ever thought about making in education. <laughs> Isn't that sad? Oh, no. that, I mean, I think it's really wonderful that she is, but why aren't educators paid more? I, mean, I know. It just and she has mad. no degree. She's good at what she does, so you're paid mm-hmm. accordingly. So you told me about a little bit about, you know, how you became a teacher. And I mean, you worked up. But you said something about you were placed on waivers in the NFL, is yeah. that right? Or <laughs> that's a that's a good way of, of saying I was cut. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so I played uh, one year, got placed on waivers the next year, and so that's when I started my 
teaching coaching position where I started as a eighth grade teacher and football coach and uh, just went from there. So you taught history? I did for a short time. Uh, oh. Even taught a little government. Boy, there's so many classes that I, that I did teach on the way. Uh, I caught, taught one, one of my favorites is called, it's started off as a richer life course. It became the I, I can course. Oh, it was written wow. by Zig Ziglar, uh, my favorite speaker, nice. author. Me too. Who wrote See you, at, See you at the Top, and that's what the course was built around, was that book. I. That's another course. Hey, you want to book, get together and let's do a course like that? <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> that would be it? really cool because right now, so many people go, I can't do this. <laughs> take that tea. Oh. Take that off. We can do it. We can do it. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I use a lot of his quotes. Oh, yeah. yeah. My favorite is that you can have everything in life that you want if you just help enough other people get what they want. Wow. Ooh, got to remember that one because I want to write that down somewhere. That's really cool. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll send it to you. Would you send me that one? That's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you ended up coaching football also. Is that right? Sure. Yeah, that's that's my main love because I played football starting in fourth grade. and I, uh, went all the way through to the NFL. And so started with football at the junior high level, worked my way up to high school and head coach and athletic director and, and then moved to administration. Wow. That sounds so fun. It was, it was interesting that I went from, from being athletic director to an elementary principal huh. and it, and it was me, my secretary and 33 women. And I'll just leave it at that. Wow. You know, <laughs> they saw something in you, which was the teamwork and yeah. being able to, you know, because a coach is different than a, a teacher. A coach is, I mean, I want to see teachers being more like coaches. Yeah. You know, it's obviously when you're coaching, it's all about the team. Yeah. And, and removing self and, and, helping your partner and you know you you actually collaborate just in a different way in yeah. athletics and I say and I say the best thing that I learned in athletics was being able to respond to adversity oh. and so that uh, I think that really helps me that I think you, I don't think you can teach that uh, because you have to experience it and uh, hmm. But yeah, that's. I think that was the biggest takeaway. I mean, obviously, the perseverance and and leadership and teamwork, that kind of stuff, the things that you always hear about that teaches you in athletics. Uh, but that responding to adversity, I think, is the biggest part. You know, especially now, it's really tough for people because yeah. everything's so uncertain. We don't, especially now, we don't know what's going to happen. You know, we're going to go back to school or are we going to stay back at school? Are we going to go back to online? We just don't know. But didn't teachers respond beautifully? (sighs) You know, they, you know, nobody said this is the way you do it. Yeah. Uh, But uh, as you know, with our, with our families on Twitter, Mm -hmm. I like to call them PLFs, uh, professional learning families. Oh, uh, I love that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm putting that down. That's really cool. And I just 
it's amazing the the support, the collaboration that we have in those different groups. Uh, because if you reach mm-hmm. out, you'll have a dozen responses within a day. Uh, okay, this is the way I did this. Uh, you know, it's just I think it's just amazing. People that are not on on Twitter on that part of social media are really missing out. What I'm found that it's amazing how. I mean, teachers, I got to just tell you, I'm so impressed with teachers, how they 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 were able to connect with the families in a different way. And then when the families, like you said, professional learning, I just PLF. That's, <laughs> have you used that before? That's I have really, not. I, I just kind of thought of that uh, in the last few days. Well, I'm sorry. It, that's you. We got to put that down <laughs> that, that you said that. So we make sure that you get that people get that because um, that is very true because they had to be the teachers at home and they had to do things while they were doing their other, whatever it yeah. was and the trying to balance life and home and work and the kids and everything. I mean, everyone just went way out of the box, did so much and, and they did fail and they did. Well, of course but, but they, they learned from it. They learned sure. from it. And, and you know as well as I do, and if you looked in the, any of uh, Dweck's uh, book on, mm-hmm. on how it takes failure almost to be able to move forward, not just to learn, but to move forward past that. Uh, mm-hmm. And you don't do it just because of failing. You do it because you fail and then work, and then fail and then work a little bit harder before you finally get it. And by that point, you left that failure behind. That's and now right. you're moving forward. And so. Uh, it's uh yeah, that's just if you think about it, that's life and uh but but we experience we as educators, I think they experience too much of that in in one frame of time. Well, we weren't given the time to fail. We educators yeah. are told, okay, we're this is our pacing guide, now you gotta stay on page two sixty two on Thursday or whatever. <laughs> which they 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 gave us grace. They said, you know, you can you might not be able to reach it all. You might not. And, and the other is some of the kids weren't there. Right. They, they, and, and also some families didn't have the resources. So there's and, a whole bunch of things. And you know as well as I do how in a classroom, the key to part of learning is to be able to get them to move. And that was hard to do on Zoom, you know. Uh, I know, I know. I, I did see ways eventually of, doing chair movement or even staying in front of your, your computer screen and moving around. But, well, that's, that was rough, especially with those little ones. Well, the best thing is to get up and dance and do, come on, let's breathe together, you know. Yeah. And then I, I went on dance parties because after a while I was like, you guys have to have fun. <laughs> you know, and so many secondary teachers miss out on that. Yeah, I know. I was a middle school teacher, so I, I look back and I think, oh, it, gosh, I don't even know how I would do it. I know. <laughs> well, I, I taught four through 12th grade, so I oh kind of touched God. all three levels. Wow. And, uh, and did in, in principled that, well, matter of fact, K through 12, I, I was a principal. So, How long were you a principal and uh, before you became total, a Total? Yeah. Um, 11 years. And then you became assistant superintendent. For four same years. district? Same district? Uh, of my last. Now, all of these, 
I, I taught in like six different districts. So, oh wow, uh, wow. so I, I felt like I had to do that to be able to move. I mean, to mm-hmm. be able to advance, and that's sometimes that's what it takes. So, and then you became superintendent of what district? It was London Independent School District, which is just outside of Corpus Christi, Texas. Oh, I know where that is. Down, okay. down south. So we we're a small district, uh, mm-hmm. eight through eight. Mm-hmm. About 350 students. They wanted me to create and build a high school. So first year, that's what I did was create uh, a high school. And then for in the four years I was there, we went from 350 students to about 750 from K-8 to K-12. And, uh, and it was, I mean, when I left it, it was a complete high school with uh, athletics, arts, uh, National Honor Society, Ag Program, <sighs> Dual Credit. Wow. Yeah, it was, that was something that I was proud of because, you know, my wife used to get on me saying, you know, you shouldn't use I created it. I created it because there were so many there. But it's funny because my first meeting with my administrative team, I said, okay, y'all, let's, let's talk about creating a high school. I said, how many of y'all have secondary experience? No one raised their hand. Crickets. But they, <laughs> they looked at each other and said, We all went to high school. <laughs> so, you know, the board that they didn't know high school. My administrative team didn't know high school. So it was me. <laughs> so I had to build the build the curriculum, create a budget, start whole athletic boys and girls, performing arts from act plays to chorus to Band, marching band. You know, that's pretty good. I mean, that's not a big school. It's 750 is big, but it's that's to put all all of that together. It wasn't big, (laughs) but, you know, and and I told them up front, I told my board, I said, if you're going to have me build a high school, excuse me for saying this, but it's not going to be a half-ass school. (laughs) It's going to be a full high school that offers lots of stuff. Oh, the kids must have <laughs> loved it because then they have choices and they can yeah. experiment. And oh, that must have been hard to leave. It was. It was. Oh. When did you leave? Was that just recently or? Uh, no, I've. Well, I say I've been retired for six years. I'm no longer retired, but uh, <laughs> 2014 is when I left. Uh, being oh, that must have been the toughest thing for you. Yeah. Because it's like your baby, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But you have all those skills, those leadership skills, and you knew how to bring the team together. And that's why. Well, you know, know. it's I was fortunate enough to be able to be Mm. on the athletic side. My my daughter Mm. went through college as a theater arts major, and she she helped me be interested on that side. Wow. Of of the school. Uh Uh-huh. So, you know, I, I was able, especially as principal, you know, you're, you're over all of those kind of things, <laughs> uh, but yeah. uh, being able, seeing those and creating and doing budgets and all that are two different things, but I was fortunate enough to be able to do that too. Unbelievable. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get back to the episode. But all that 
that you did with with a wonderful team that didn't have any skills because they That's only right. went to high school. Uh, yeah, that you turned that into a book. I did. Yeah, the book is called Make Waves. Yeah, and I love it that you you're with my publisher. I love Sarah. Sarah's awesome, isn't she? I just love Edumatch. And when I saw your book next to mine, we were on a page next to it. You're in. I think you're in my book. Your your book your book is in the back of my book too. I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, and (laughs) it's all about leadership. It's um. It is about foundation of service. I'm reading what you wrote because I loved it. Service, trust, integrity, humility, and of course building relationships. Yeah. Do you want to just kind of give a little bit about your book and other on um, all of those? Well, you, you can't just do a little. On. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I think if you, if you talk to any cage, any good educator, it begins with relationships. And so that's, mm-hmm. I build my foundation uh, on relationships. And, and I say, I like to have four pillars built on that, that book. And, and you mentioned, uh, Service, integrity, humility, and what was the other one? Trust. Trust, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I, I grappled a little bit with the, with the integrity uh, because I kind of wanted influence in there. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. because if you don't have influence, you're not leading. But I think you, but you have to have integrity to build on trust. Mm-hmm. To, to get that foundation before you can influence. So that's why I chose integrity. And then in that same chapter, I started, I spoke on influence as well. It's, it's tough because some people say it's, some leaders don't know how to do that. I mean, it's some come in and they have their vision and there's really no uh, voices from the people that are going to be impacted. And I know you, you, you're the one who you probably brought in, the community you probably brought in everyone who's going to be involved you know when you're you're leading you don't lead organizations you lead people mm-hmm. and i think you have to remember that because and as you know organizations rise and fall on on its leader i think the first thing you have to do is build relationships because if if you don't build trust they're not going to follow you mm-hmm. and uh so you know that's just it's it's almost like one right after the other of how it, how it, things build on and but that whole foundation of of relationships touches each one of those areas. Yeah, because I always say it's the relationships first. You have to and and the idea of the heart before content. Yeah. you got to really get to know. Is there is there one tip you want to give the audience on what you did to build those relationships? The first thing that I did is I, I put a, a form in their box that had, I wanted them to attach a picture of them and their family, tell me their birthdays and birthdays of their kids and the rest of the family. And I asked them, uh, what do you want to, to see in your leader? And that was on there. And uh seemed like there was one other thing. But anyway, so. In this school, it was, I was fortunate that it was small enough that I, I had a, a Let's Meet conference. Mm. And I got that sheet of paper out and then said, let's talk about you and your family. Tell me, tell me what your kids do. 
and tell me what you're mm-hmm. most proud of. I ask them, what, what do you, where do you see yourself in five years? And how can I help you get there? And so you just start with building. And the most important thing that I found is to be able to, to call people by name. And in the, one of the first things I do is, is a building principle is get the previous yearbook where pictures of teachers and their names underneath. Yeah. And it's amazing how cool it is when I see somebody that I may not have been introduced to be able to, but be able to call them by name. And that's a huge impact mm. on them. Knowing your names is really important, Hal. Yeah. And saying your name, Hal. That's right, Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had, that's one of the things I said, I was telling you earlier that we taught a podcasting class. And, and when you do, I learned this from one of, I think one of my early podcasts is someone kept calling my name. It was Tom Murray. You know, oh, Tom. yeah. Yeah. Okay. He kept going, Barbara, da, 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 Barbara. And I went, wow, that's really cool. Because yeah. I was drifting off. And when someone tells you your name, if they if they pronounce it right, because we have some, we don't pronounce their names right, <laughs> um, which is very important to really sure. know how to pronounce them. Sure. It, it, it grabs you because then that means they want to talk to you and that's they right. want to know you. It's just that first bridge of, of building uh, relationships, I think. Well, I want everyone on this podcast to get your book. <laughs> I think it's amazing. I, I just love the ideas that you put in trust, service, integrity, and humility um, so they can build those relationships, those ideas. And that's how you lay it out in the book. And you really share some great strategies. I think one of the things on integrity that uh, that I'd like to share is nobody ever owns integrity. It's rented, and you have to earn uh, that rent every day. Wait a minute. Nobody ever owns. Really? That's so cool. And you can and say the same thing about trust. Yeah, yeah. If you lose trust, yeah, it's hard to get it back. And, you know, you can work and work and work to build trust, but... One really bad decision, you can lose it virtually overnight. Yeah. And as leaders, you know, we don't have the luxury of of making big mistakes and be able to move by it or past it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because just because of that trust and, and integrity part of the piece of the puzzle. Wow. So one of the things that I found the best thing to say is. I was wrong. Let's work together. And so I can make up or whatever, because we all make mistakes. Sure. But the problem is even saying you're sorry isn't really mean anything unless you're going to do something about it. That's right. Yeah. Matter of fact, and I'm interesting that you say that because in one of my faculty meetings in, in one of the high schools that I led last agenda item on the faculty meeting, I said, uh, speaking from the heart was, was the, that, and I said, and I just let off with, I haven't been a very good principal lately. Oh, really? And uh, oh. so, and I, you know, I, I told them some of the decisions that were made and that were, in retrospect, were not the best. But after that, that meeting, it's almost like some of my biggest critics came up to me and they said, let me know how I can help you. And oh. it just... It just really uh, galvanized uh, the whole faculty in uh, 
I don't know if they felt sorry for me, but maybe they saw that that honesty come out of me and transparency and humility that mm-hmm. Brene Brown talks about so much and how mm-hmm. important that was because that wasn't easy to do. It's <laughs> showing your vulnerabilities. It's yeah. it's very scary, especially for a leader, because you're not supposed to or teachers, teachers are afraid to show that. I think That's if right. we show it and demonstrate that I can get through this with your support because I made some mistakes here. Yeah. They make mistakes all the time. And they if you model that and you modeled it. Just just think how important it would be to say, you know, I, I really messed up yesterday. Let me tell you how, how I need I need to make this up to you. Hmm. And so many times I think uh that that people will empathize with you and say, okay. Let's let's go on. How can I help? Yeah, and uh, I think that happens more than 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 we think that probably would. As and most leaders are are prideful, and especially guy leaders, they don't they don't want to see show the soft side, so to speak. That, uh, like you uh, say, yeah. the vulnerability side. Uh, but I think it's really important. I think that if we can show that even with young children that there's some challenges I met, I messed up if we can share those ideas right from when they're very young especially boys it's too bad we have to say that because I think that it's, yeah. it's yeah but I think that what's happening is that um I use Brene Brown's work all the time because it's I love good. it I just love it <laughs> and to me that's something really important and now because of that we have to talk about safe harbor, what you're doing. That is, it is yeah, so big. It's so I, big. I would have liked to have thought that it's my original idea, but there were two guys that actually served time in, in the federal prison system. They had a relationship with each other, and their vision was to have a school for kids because, and this is something that one of them told me that I'll never forget. He said, when the judge hands out the sentence to the offender, that same sentence goes to the family as well. Yeah. Wow. They, they may not be locked up, but they lost somebody for that length of time. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, they're, they're supposed to go on without that, that person in their family. And so, so the you, family gets the same sentence. Yeah. And so oh, God. Yeah. And so you can imagine, and like, we, like you know, we're starting with littles with four- and five-year-olds, and uh, one of the study, one of the first studies I did was on adverse childhood experiences and uh, the impact that they have on a child's life and, and the trauma that it brings. And, the, and, and I keep reading, every time I read more on, on ACEs, it, I see the phrase toxic stress. And you can imagine how Trauma and toxic stress has an impact on the little four and five year old, and the manifestation that comes out of them as a result of that, we have to be able to know how to handle. And so, one of the things that we're going to do is we have what's called a morning meeting where we find out their feelings of how their day was yesterday and last night, what, what went on with them last night, and for them to be able to express and name those feelings Mm. just like i feel angry because my stepmom did this 
you know, mm. for them to be able to to verbalize their feelings and how to manage those emotions once they come out. Uh, that'll be interesting for fourth and five yeah. year old. Yeah. And you know, uh, my teacher, like I said, who's just perfect for this. We're we're using a curriculum called Change Makers, and it's from a school in Dallas called the Momentous Institute, and they have a huge social emotional learning curriculum. And mm. a part of the, they use, uh, we're going to teach our kids three parts of the brain, uh, mm-hmm. the amygdala and the hippocampus and the prefrontal cortex and their little mm. functions. And they're, they're going to set goals on what part of the brain that they want to improve on. Wow. And so uh, they're going to, they're going to learn that much and, and to be able to, to talk about their emotions every day. Mm. So that, uh, and, and if they, Act in what is often seen in a wrong way, but it's something that just comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to, we'll be able to teach them. I said once you start feeling angry, you need to, and we're going to teach breathing uh, to be able to to manage those emotions once they start uh, manifesting. Wow, that is amazing! I'm going to ask you for some links and some information about change makers because it it sounds like there's some really great things that could help any school. The school is amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh yeah, I'll be happy to to send you a link, but it's called Momentous and they do trainings. Momentous. Okay. And, and they do have a curriculum, social emotional learning curriculum uh for each grade level. Oh that, wow. That teaches about each of those areas that I've just just touched the surface. You're amazing. I can't wait to see what happens. That's one thing I'm really going to mm. try to do is memorialize as much as I can the journey mm-hmm. of those littles throughout where they started and where they end up. Let me tell you just one thing that my teacher has already done. Okay. And she has made 12 capes and put the logo of mm. Safe Harbor on the back, and it has Superhero that she has made for each of our students. Oh, I'm, I love that. Oh, they are superheroes, and it's just wonderful. Well, this is going to be a great journey. Yeah, it's going to be so really too. fun. So, what's next for you? If, if even though while you're doing, I don't even know if I should say what's next because this is a big thing. This is but, a big next. <laughs> but, I, but I know you have some other dreams. Yeah, one of the things I want to do is is to do a TED talk, and you, and you touched on it a little bit in the introduction of of how I like to compare uh, creating wine with, <laughs> with teaching and leading. And let me, I'll, I'll just throw out a little niblet here. <laughs> okay. Is that vines, just like where grapes grow. And it, the first chapter in my book is, is we're called to produce fruit. Okay. Oh, okay. That's where, that's where just a little bit of this comes from. And it comes from my trip to Napa, where we visited the vineyards and drank wine. And you know, that's off. real close to me. You know that, right? Yeah, I do. <laughs> you have to come visit. <laughs> uh, but uh, I have found that vines do four things. And they, start, they all start with C. So they, they crawl, then they cling, then they climb, and finally cluster. Oh, wow. So... You can easily see right now how that can start 
how education could could be built around that right there. Those those four verbs. Uh, that's so cool. You, no one's ever done that before. This is really cool. And that's that's yeah. why you know TED talks are most of the time unique. Mm-hmm. Feel that that is is kind of a unique way to to talk about education. Uh, of course, that's not <laughs> the only thing. What's the other thing? I think just just the whole cultivating and preparing and mm-hmm. going from seed to wine on the table <laughs> and, and that whole journey. Oh, and, wow. uh, and another thing that, that I want to touch on is that, you know, there are, I think there's over 900 different types of wine. And, <laughs> and let me see what you think about this is if I see six different kinds of wine on the table, and I say, you know, I don't see color there. I just see wine. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that is, is that I think you're kind of barking up the wrong tree if you say, I don't see color. I just see kids. Because I think it's so important to be able to see different colors of kids because each one of those has an old culture and a different lens from which they see the world in. And one of the best books I read on this is uh, Culturally Responsive Teaching in the Brain. Oh, is it right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that, yeah. that was a great book. And, you know, it's the, the, the whole lens that they see through, that's the software mm-hmm. that their brain works on. Mm-hmm. That's how they see the world. And if we try to teach every one of those kids and cultures in the same way, we're missing out. Because, I mean, especially now, as you probably have a lot of, you'll have a lot of diverse children in your school and they oh, all <laughs> yeah you will and also all the experiences and i think no matter where you are everybody's unique and different and special and gifted absolutely yeah, yeah. oh i i love this <laughs> i wish we could go on and on and on this has been a wonderful talk on my porch i love it and too bad we didn't have our wine with us <laughs> i know <laughs> a little wine and maybe a little cheese or yeah or something like that uh, but we'd, have, we'd have to pair those just just right yeah that's right next <laughs> next time when we're together we'll, there, we uh, go. there we go yeah. that'll be good so how how can people get a hold of you that you know maybe they're just listening they don't they, they didn't go to the post what's the best way uh, to reach you Twitter is Hal L. Roberts, Instagram on Hal Roberts, uh, Facebook, Hal Roberts. Uh, my website, I'm going to try to improve. I think it's a, a little lacking, but HalRoberts.net. You can reach me email-wise at my school at hroberts at safeharboracademy.org. Perfect. And we're going to put a post together with a lot of good information about you along with the contact information cool. and the school. And so thank you. Gosh, this was wonderful. I thank had a lot you so of fun. Much, I've, I've loved every minute of it. I can talk for a while. I guess you can see that now. <laughs> I know, but that's what I, why I had you on my show. <laughs> I didn't want someone who I'm trying to pull them, pull out of them. This was yeah. just, no, I, I, I love what you're doing. I just, Love your story, and you shared so many things with me. So it's been nice to get to know you even a little more. And you know, in education, it's all about being able to borrow and steal from each other. So use anything <laughs> and everything that I've told you. Ah, uh, well, 
I am going to use some of the quotes and we're going to talk some more. All right. Let's do it. Thank you so much, Hal. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. This is Barbara Bray. Thank you for listening to the Rethinking Learning Podcast and my conversation with Hal Roberts. Make sure you check out the blog post that goes with this podcast because it includes the show notes with links, pictures, a video, and so much more about Hal and Safe Harbor and his ideas about wine and leadership and much more. Please subscribe to my Rethinking Learning podcast. It would be awesome if you wrote a review. Also, I hope you subscribe to my website at barbabray.net so you receive updates and more amazing podcasts. Thanks again for listening. Keep sharing your story and please stay safe and be well.